Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Mike, and today on the show, joining us is Witness G. Hey, G. Hey, how you doing? Good. So today what we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to go over, uh, we're not trying to become a UFO show. It's just uh, most of the stuff coming out nowadays is UFO stuff. And it's been a pretty crazy, I would say, gee, what, like a crazy three or four weeks? Yeah, and I think it's just going to get a, I think it's going to get a little bit UFO saturated here over the summer because hopefully we have this uh, these documents coming out. Yeah, but, but I mean, literally we just did a show where we talked a lot of UFO stuff and three or four weeks later, we're doing it again and we didn't plan on doing that. Um, but it's just been so much stuff going on over the last three or four weeks. So we got to talk about it. So that's what we're going to talk. We're definitely a paranormal podcast, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're definitely, uh, we got to keep you up with the news, so that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so we're definitely going to talk about uh, some UFOs today, some UFO news. So we're going to talk about that uh, right after this. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. Yeah, so let's get into some of this UFO news. Um, And, you know, G's got some stuff he wants to talk about. I've got a story, so take it away, buddy. Hey, so if you you heard our last show, we talked a little bit about the uh, UAVs that were reported from the uh, naval ship's off San Clemente Island, California. Um, that basically has gotten a little bit more attention and uh, some actual leaked uh, video. So first, that video was leaked to uh, Jeremy Corbell. And uh, if you're not tracking who he is, he's done quite a few documentaries over the, I guess, past decade or so. Right. Um, they all get a lot of hype. Um I don't know what his source was, but after the video was leaked to him, the Pentagon verified that it was taken by naval personnel. So it's uh, it feels very similar to what was happening this time last year with the Tic Tac and all that footage that was leaked. And the Pentagon came out and verified it. The same thing is happening right now, except it was leaked to Jeremy Corbell first. And the other three images, I guess they were not as much – it was video that was leaked to Corbell via night vision. Um, George Knapp, who I'm sure our listeners are familiar with, he uh, also got three photos that were uh, leaked to him, also verified by the Pentagon as taken by naval personnel. And these are all going back to the, uh, the story, basically, that we talked about last week. Uh, it was July 2019, and the USS Kidd, Russell, and uh, Peralta, all basically around uh, 9 p.m. that night for about three hours, we're all experiencing UAVs overflying the ships. Um, they dispatch a Snoopy team, which basically is just photographers. Um, they set River City, which is basically cutting down comms. So comms in and out of the ship, basically. Uh, no personnel can cult, like use their cell phones at that point, you know. Okay. Um, emails shut down. Um, they didn't go to battle stations, but it sounded like they did, uh, 
get some weaponry ready, at least. Uh, I guess the uh, Mark 87s, which is just an imaging device, but it could be used to uh, to actually shoot down like any like incoming missiles or aircraft. So it's kind of a last the like last a, ditch effort like for a, the ship to you know protect itself. Yeah, like a defensive posture, right? Yeah, I well, well I call like... it a sea whiz, but it's that it would that's the equipment that would sort of help power sea whiz, which is a closing weapon system. It's it's a nasty piece of equipment, man. It's a it shoots so fast it doesn't even sound like gunfire. It sounds basically like a engine revving. But uh, it's depleted uranium wow. and tungsten rounds, man. Yeah, it shreds whatever. I'm sure you've seen them, but uh, they kind of look like R2-D2, actually. Oh, okay. But it sounds like, okay, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I've seen those. So let me get caught up with you here for a minute. I'm not going to interrupt you a lot while you're doing this, but yeah, no, no problem. You, just dro- you just dropped something that I didn't even know. So this video, you know, the one that's ro- going around, the one with these triangles that are in the sky – and, you know, yeah. the video is amazing. I mean, you can see one really, really close up, and there are two hanging right above it. I mean, they're right there. That is, Are they saying now that that video is from those ships and from that yes. particular incident? Yes, which is exactly what we predicted last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh Honestly, we we uh, mentioned that there's probably gonna they were probably gonna drop some footage about it because it, it just felt exactly like the events of last year just happening over a different sighting by three different ships, and uh, we, we heard the stories, all the stories last year, and images and video followed, and that's exactly what happened here, except they were initially leaked to like I said George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell, right? But after the leak. After Corbell and Knapp uh, posted those videos, um, the Pentagon did verify that it were it was from those events. So our story last week just uh it, it continues, and that that night vision footage you see with the triangles is uh is from the action. It's actually that one's from the Russell, okay, the USS Russell. So to get a little bit more technical into this, and because you you know we got to tap into what you know about. Um, that footage, how do you think that came to us by, the, you know, what equipment are they using to, is that just a camera? Yeah, so to me what it looks like is, uh, so we have Is it a monocular? Is it just a monocular? Yeah, I believe it's a monocular, or it, it could possibly be like a dual tube night vision device, but... Uh, what it seems to me is it's not a camera. It's not supposed to be. Probably wasn't attached to that. That was probably for personnel's vision. Um, so what I believe happened is that, from what it looks like, especially because of the video, when you when you watch the non-zoomed in video, it looks like somebody's holding the camera up to the lens. Right. And I've done that myself a few times to, just to get uh, you know cool pictures from the tower. And it's it's hard to keep the lens like centered, your camera lens like for your cell phone, for example, centered on the uh, on the lens of the scope that you're using. And that's what it looked like to me. It yeah. didn't seem like it was a night vision camera per se. It seems like it was a night vision device or MVD we call them, 
that somebody was literally putting their uh, phone lens up to. That's exactly Possibly what I a thought. camera, but yeah. I think a phone lens. And uh, I guess we should probably talk about this right now. Um, it's come out in the past couple of days that uh, Mick West, who's a uh, UFO researcher, has debunked the uh, has debunked that video. <clears throat> and I mean, he does make some. Uh, he makes a compelling argument when you when you watch it, and I'll, I'll share that with you so you can link it in the show notes. Sure, but. He's he's saying basically that what what that footage is showing is nothing more than like a Boeing seven fifty seven like inbound from Hawaii because certain and this is just certain night vision devices none of the ones that I've used do this but he's shown that uh, certain scopes I think more commercial scopes okay. that uh, are available to the public have a focusing lens on them with a tri tip iris so like it's when you see the we actually focus the lens on those things the iris in the lens that opens and closes the aperture is triangular so at full focus uh you know you'll see a full black lens but at closed focus you'll see it it narrows down with three pieces of plastic that eventually come to a triangle opening and what he's saying is, is that 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 video was uh, out of focus and he recreated it and had somebody with a similar scope recreate it. And it does look exactly like the way this video does. So did he debunk it? I don't know. We don't use commercial scopes though on a ship for sure. Um, definitely not in the towers and not with any of our boots on ground personnel. We use a little bit better uh, MVD devices than that. I've never seen one with the uh, tri-tip aperture or so, the iris. So what he's saying is that what we're actually looking at, that triangle that we're looking at at the end of it, is actually the the aperture of the camera? Yeah, correct. Okay. And uh, Yeah, and, and he's saying that that's, again, I've never seen that on any of the N- MVD and he, devices we use. And he but, did this through using some kind of, commercial scope that you know somebody he knew had or something along those lines correct correct and it it did look very similar but um at the end of the day i believe that it was a normal if it was the mvd devices i've been using for the past 20 years in the military um we don't have that aperture we don't have any apertures to be honest with you it's just straight scope Uh, especially like on the newer ones that we're using, which is the Gen 3, where you switch back and forth between night vision, IR, and uh, thermal, white hot or black hot. You have your choice, basically. It's, you know, user preference. We don't have, we have no apertures on those. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. And what I think is, if we were, if, if it was truly Navy personnel, and they were using the equipment that I'm used to, they were probably holding a cell phone up to it, which I also have no idea of a cell phone with a a triangular aperture like that. Um, so t- to me, I'm not completely buying it. I think he makes a good case, but uh, I don't know that it's 100% just a well. The pro- know, problem uh, with his debunk- an aircraft out of focus. Yeah, and the problem with his debunking it is the fact that you know the Pentagon says it's no, that's actually legit. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, they said they ver- they verified that was footage from the event taken by naval personnel. Right. So they're and not- it would have to be from the ship. You know what I mean? Right. Because it would be in that three-hour window between like 9 and 11 p.m. that night in July of 2019. You know, I guess I, I haven't so, seen his video, but I, I guess I would buy it if uh, there's a couple things that goes on, that go goes on in that video. One, the one triangle kind of moves towards the, you know, kind of comes on and moves a little bit, and the other two don't. So it almost maneuvers, and the other two that are kind of in a distance <laughs> hanging above it don't. So I would think, you know, they would all, if it was the aperture, they would all be kind of moving. You would see something along those lines. And then the other thing is, too, at some point, and you might be able to explain this. I know you're not a night vision expert, but, you know, you've used them enough. There, There is some kind of um, a flash that goes on um, as it moves across. Like, it, there's a little bit of a flashing light either on the bottom of this thing or somebody flashes a light off of it. Um, maybe that was another scope, you know, hitting it. But... I yeah, I don't know. It and, seemed like a solid object because of that other light either bouncing off it from below or it giving off that light. Yeah, to me, it appeared that it was giving off that light. Right. But uh, you can get some serious noise. We just call it noise mm-hmm. when you're looking through the nogs. Um, and what that is is really it's, it's internal. It's not really – it's not exactly – it looks almost like old-school film grain. And sometimes it's brighter, sometimes it's not. Um, and I, I think there's definitely some of that going on, uh, definitely okay. in that video. Okay. Well, I, I find – go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that Mick West also said that this could be done by uh, basically taping a lens with just the triangle opening and then also uh, intentionally going out of focus, which – I didn't know any of this till literally uh, I was home from work last night. So I'm literally, I'm going to give it a shot tonight at work and just see if, uh, if I can recreate that myself. But at the end of the day, I don't think that was done. (laughs) I I don't think uh, that team was dispatched and somebody said, Oh, you know what? I'm going to tape up this camera lens. Well, regardless, so it looks like a triangle. Exactly, and regardless of whether that happened or not, we know what the ship did in response. Yeah, I mean, the ship took it seriously. I mean, the Navy took it seriously, and CIS was involved. So, unless, which, it, regardless of what that video says, and whether that's true or truly what was actually above the ship, something was above the ship. <laughs> exactly, and even yeah. if that footage had never come out, there's already there's other footage. You know, and other reports from, you know, three naval vessels, including some civilian. Right. So it's a. Uh, over the course of this event, there's a lot of eyewitnesses, and this is just one piece of footage. Maybe it was, maybe it was maliciously manipulated. I can't say that for sure. You know what I mean? All I can say is what we know, and that's this event happened. I mean, we basically gave you the breakdown last week. We can definitely recap if you want to. But uh, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that somebody would maliciously, uh, you know, take video footage like that uh, and intentionally make it out of focus or misleading during a, you know, basically while the ship's freaking out. 
Yeah. And well, you know, one thing that comes to mind is, you know, when, when Corbell's involved, um, you know, we've seen, uh, Jeremy before kind of jumped to conclusions, um, you know, and, and not being involved that kind of, you know, to, to some people, it's a good thing to some, to other people, they sit there and go, Oh God, nap and Corbell again, you know? Um, yeah. I, not to mention though, Lou. Yeah. He's been back in the news about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I've, I liked some of Corbell's stuff. I patient 17. I didn't care for, um, you know, I kind of thought that whole thing was ridiculous. Um, you know, the thing he did with Lazar was very good. Uh, it was a very good show. Um, the Skinwalker Ranch thing was left left me wanting more, but I kind of thought to myself, "This is just I don't know." It was strange, you know. We promised all this new evidence, and there wasn't any. So it would be interesting that they. First of all, you would wonder how did those two get hold of something, right? I mean, it's got to be somebody on ship that snuck it off to them, right? Because it, you know, maybe they're Navy guys on the ship, and that's the only guys they know that are into these these kind of things. You know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't give it to a more legitimate source. Well, it's and not, I, it's I not like fair to Nap's say legitimate. Grooming, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel I, like Nap's definitely been grooming Corbell too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the, the the thing about Jeremy is that the one thing that's exciting about him is his enthusiasm, and the one thing that's a drawback to him is his, his enthusiasm. Sometimes he gets a little Dude, bit too enthusiastic. Yeah, he gets a little bit too enthusiastic sometimes, and it's yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know if I if I like him or if I can't stand him. Still trying to figure <laughs> it out myself. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. to be honest with you, uh, after Skinwalker Ranch, I'm still trying to figure it out with George Knapp. So it's just interesting that this this stuff comes out. And it comes to those guys, but I could see that because somebody on the ship maybe just knows, hey, you know who's into this UFO conspiracy stuff? Oh, did you ever see you know that Jeremy Corpel and you know and George? And I, so I could see them getting it, or maybe yeah, they have yeah, some well, kind of other tie into military intelligence through Nap. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what I think, especially with Nap. I mean, that guy. I I will say this, man. I I am a huge fan of. George Knapp, like he definitely does some serious research and yep. he's been, he's been at it for a long time, but he, it was never his intention to become like a UFO investigator. He was just a, he was just a reporter, you know what I mean? And it, it genuinely interested him to the point where he became a serious researcher about it. Yeah. And the Lazar thing so kind of jumped into his lap. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I mean, but he yeah. is, when it comes down to it, man, he's a hell of an investigative reporter. Yeah. The other thing and, I, wanted uh, to, I wanted to bring up and ask you about and, you know, bounce this off you is, um, that's a weird posture for the ships to take, right? They're being threatened from above by these things. They don't know what they are and they choose yeah. to take just a solid defensive position, right? Like in the past, maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, would they have been, in your opinion, more aggressive? I mean, does this, to you, does this seem like an odd response? Yeah, well, it does seem odd to me. And I, what seems odd is that it wasn't as aggressive as it could have been. Right. I don't know why they didn't just shoot everything out of the sky. Because at one point, I guess there was, it, it started with one flashing red light. And at one point, it became like seven solid white lights over the ship. Um, 
and that's just the way they're described. They didn't. They weren't described as pyramids. They weren't described as quadcopters. They were just described as lights. And uh, apparently AIS, which is, you know, like a hardcore surveillance system, wasn't picking them up and was intentionally disabled in the in the ship's logs that were uh, made public via those FOIA requests. Uh-huh. So in my opinion, I think where they were was like in proximity to San Clemente Island and where, you know, you have special operations that are doing testing for equipment. I'm assuming maybe they were a little bit uh, apprehensive about just going all out and shooting these out of the sky, not knowing if basically they were, uh, you know, destroying their own assets. Okay. It just, you know, that seems, that's what it seems like to me. But it does seem uh, strange that they, you know, didn't take a more aggressive. Yeah, let me you know, let me bounce another scenario off you. Um, do you think maybe there's just a general change in tact and tactics? Because, you know, I think um, there's been some chatter in the past that you know maybe um, the reason that you know these things in the sky don't try to communicate with us is because we've been so aggressive in the past with them, you know? Um, yeah, you know what? That's, really, that's, that's a really interesting uh, way to think about it, and I honestly haven't thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe that is something that's come down the line. Um, I, I can only speak from experience, and I had 10 years active duty in the Navy, after that, I was a private contractor uh, for basically the Army, Marine Corps, and the Air Force overseas between Iraq and Afghanistan for the past 10 years. Now I'm back in the Department of Defense, and I'm stateside. But uh, <clears throat> that first 10 years, I was in the Navy, and all my experience with the Navy, and basically just the military in general, um, I, I feel like it would have been an aggressive situation from the start. I don't think that there's no way that incident would have lasted three hours without shooting those things out of the sky. No, there would have been, it would not have been allowed to get that close. They would not have been allowed to be that, um, passively yeah, just sitting above the ship, this huge, yeah. you know, multi million dollar asset, probably billion dollar asset. And they're just sitting above it, you know? Um, yeah. And nobody and, knows and again, why they're there. <laughs> and I want to make clear, too, these things were, you know, keeping up with the ship um, for over 90 minutes. That's way longer than any commercial drone you, can, to, you know, yeah. order. Yeah, so that's that's not a commercial – that's not commercial drone no, no battery noise. life right there, man. No, no yeah, noise, no uh, visible propulsion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, I mean, if we had something where we could just buy at Best Buy or, you know, order from Amazon that, you know, could fly a full 90 minutes, like, I would already have it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I would already be flying that thing, man. <laughs> it would already be on your credit card bill. Yeah. Yeah. At it, it, the max, <laughs> what you're going to get is, like, 20, 25 minutes per battery. And, and that's, like, the high-end, com- like, commercial drones, like, the professional-level commercial drones you're probably only going to get 25 minutes per battery right so for something to stay with the ship you know literally over the ocean and the the craziest part of this whole situation is that it was like a mile or less visibility you're not going to be flying out there 
in you know foggy conditions uh, with no. the ship for ninety minutes. That, that's not a commercial drone. So, do you think that's it, why we didn't send anything up? Well, these are destroyers, right? They were destroyers. Yeah, we and, there and were again, no aircraft assets in it. Well, yeah. I guess there would have been air, you know, air assets on the ground because uh, they weren't that far off. Oh yeah, for sure they could. If it was something serious, man, we have alert fighters that could be basically in the airspace in a matter of minutes. Yeah, and they can fly in fog. Yeah. So, and again, uh, I just find it really hard to believe that this whole situation lasted three hours without them. You know. Yeah, that's why I. That's <laughs> why when I read the whole story and I let it sink in, I thought to myself, "This seems like we're just letting we're turning over a new leaf here." Um, maybe we're just, all right, let's play, let's play chicken with them almost, you know, or, you know, and also uh, it could just be like an advanced directive, like to say, Hey, like, let's not engage these, uh, these lights when they show up and see if anything different happens, like maybe not go trigger happy with it, you know, just let them do the thing. And maybe that was, maybe that was literally directive. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be, that would be awesome. I personally, for me, I let's be honest. We're not finding anything out by being aggressive. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's time to turn over a different, uh, a new leaf here and and take a different tack. That would be great if that's that that's actually the case. Yeah, and and just the fact that AIS was powered down, or for AIC really, um, man, it that's telling in itself because that's basically like deactivating a major combat system. So yeah. if that was done intentionally during this event, that, that also says something. Maybe they figured out a little bit more than we, we've given them credit for. Maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe um, when they've had that on in the past, maybe these things have not stuck around and maybe got out of the area, and maybe this time they just want to see what they would do if they powered them down. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe they got some results. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like in the it's almost like in the old days, right? Like when we were we we're heading out to the west, you know, and you you came upon like an Indian tribe, you know, and you you sort of kind of had to figure out how to communicate with each other, you know. It's it's it almost feels like that this time, doesn't it? It, it feels like that's something that's going on right now, like this yeah, whole feeling you know, out process. Yeah, dude, that is. Man, a really good analogy for one, but uh, I wasn't thinking about it that way, and I think you might be on to something. Yeah, who knows? Man. But either way, that'd man, be great. It, I, would, I, I, yeah. I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot more is just like I thought it was going to be a one-shot story. I didn't think we were going to hear anything else about it until you know the reports came out here in June, hopefully, like they're scheduled to. But uh, it seems like just more and more is just uh, coming to this story. So I, I had a feeling it was going to be big when. We were reading about it. But yeah, yeah, the, the uh, USS Kid, Russell, and Peralta, July 2019. If, if you guys want to do your research or just uh, listen to our last show, we covered it pretty good detail. Yeah, there's but just, just a more bunch coming of out stuff. about it. Yeah, yeah. There's just a ton of stuff going on, man. Um, I also saw. I think I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but I believe there was a, didn't a Chilean Air Force release a video too. Um, uh, I can talk about this if you're not prepared to. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't, I may have seen it if it okay. involved like a, uh, uh, if did it involve another triangle? Now it was a, uh, it was like a blimp type, um, ship, but the, but the thing that was interesting about it, it was, it was giving off gas. So oh, really, yeah, yeah. So that that's happened too, like in the past two or three weeks. I saw a video came out. It was the Chilean Air Force had kind of, you know, uh, declassified this video, and it, and it's it's your typical, you know, um, black and white, you know, heat uh, video. You know, where they're looking at something hot and something cold. You know, you're not seeing details. This isn't a daylight thing, but they they had this blimp like. Uh, structure and it was just flying along and then every once in a while it would stop and it would just give out a puff of like some kind of gas like it was off gassing yeah yeah it was it was interesting right because uh we know that that's not something we often see with them is that they give off any kind of uh a vapor or any kind of you know they expel any kind of gases they're not combustion engines so what the hell was this thing you know what? What was it letting you know out of its out of this little blimp yeah. thing? It's it's interesting. I, I have no idea. But I can tell you, uh, one of the uh, photos that Nath got was of a like almost a steel looking like cigar shaped airship. And I can tell you from my experience working with airships, which is actually pretty extensive, being a Lakehurst uh, man, I I've not heard of any off gassing or you know, any kind of plumage <laughs> with them at all. <laughs> right. So that's, that's interesting. I, I, I'm going to have to look at that video and get a hold of it. Yeah. I haven't even seen these nap photos. I'm going to try to go to them right now and check them out uh, real quick. And then we can always edit this part out, but. All right. Um, yeah. Let me, uh, cause I got them open in tab right now. I'll just forward it to you. I think I got, I got like 12 fucking tabs open here. <laughs> George Knapp photos. The thing is, I think I've seen them in a video. Oh, okay. So, Cor Bell was on Fox News, like, twice this past uh, week. Really? And I think I think he was on with fucking uh, Tucker Carlson. So okay, I okay. Think the video they show in that segment, uh-huh. I think, I don't know, but I, I can play it, but I can't hear it right now because I'm on Bluetooth Wii, but I'll see if I can. Uh, I can cut it in right here. Just a few days ago, the Pentagon confirmed that a 2019 video of a UFO sighting is actually real. It was a UFO. The video shows a pyramid-shaped object flying over a U.S. Navy destroyer. This is the very first time the public has seen video from this incident. The UFO footage was leaked to a filmmaker called Jeremy Corbell, who joins us tonight to explain all of this. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on. Tell us where this was shot. Um, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so I obtained and released uh, videos and photographic evidence of UFOs swarming our warships. So the green video is night vision. That's from the USS Russell. It wasn't just one pyramid-shaped craft. It was multiple. These were swarms. I also released with my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, also released from the USS Omaha, which looks like thermal imagery. Uh, he released three photos the day prior to mine. So we're, we're trying to get this out to continue uh, elevating the conversation because it's very important we have it right now. 
<laughs> you think? I mean, those are not weather balloons. Those are clearly no. autonomous aircraft of some kind that are, as you put it, swarming U.S. military craft. So These are there are two options. Under intelligent I, control. These are craft under intelligent control, and they're flying with impunity, Tucker, within our airspace, and uh, they can outmaneuver, outperform um, anything that we seem to have. Their mode of transportation is uh, seems magical to us. It's unbelievable, and now finally we're having a rational, sober discussion about this because we don't know what these are. We don't know the nature of the technology. We need to find out who's operating them and also what the intent is. So it's a really exciting time to be learning about UFOs because uh, now we're having a complete tipping point with the transparency, and hopefully we'll be getting more answers soon. This must have scared the crap out of the U.S. military. I mean, their job is to defend the country and themselves and hear these aircraft violate their airspace. Quickly, do you believe that they sincerely don't know? What these things oh, are they, and they where don't. they came we from. have the best. We have the best military on planet Earth. The greatest intelligence agencies. These are true unknowns, and they were swarming our, um, you know, military arsenals. This they're seen over nuclear facilities. This is documented. We need to find out who is operating yeah. these vehicles. Yeah, nicely put, Jeremy Corbell. I appreciate your coming on tonight. I hope we see you again. Thank you. Cool. Uh, okay. So did, what else did you want to talk about news-wise? Uh, I don't know if you're tracking, but the, uh, I, dude, man, I can't think of his name right now. The, uh, guy that bought Skinwalker Ranch, Doug something or other. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I know who you're talking about. I, I've watched yeah. that show. Um, I think he's, yeah, a, I haven't seen the show. Yeah. It's okay. But I guess they're doing the second season. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, he, uh, said, uh, you know, I guess he bought it being super skeptic and hadn't seen anything for months and months. And he finally saw, like, he what he describes as, like, a straight-up saucer-shaped craft. Really? Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of a big thing. And I guess that's what is going to make a... I guess they're going to do a second season of that show. And uh, that's definitely going to make it in there. But So he finally uh, seen something there. Huh. You know, that, that, um, if you haven't seen the show, the first season was kind of okay. They have this, um, really hardcore, like, astrophysicist that, like, basically goes out and visits the ranch. And he's working with this guy, Doug's crew, right? So this guy, Doug, gets sent out, you know, sends him out there to work with the guys that work for him. So he has a guy, so there's like a team of like five of them, right? Four or five of them. So, like, one guy does, like, maintenance on the ranch. The other guy takes care of, like, the cows that are on the ranch because there's literally still some cows on the ranch, right? So there's one of those guys. But there's a security guy uh, in the show that, gee, I'm not kidding you, he calls himself, like, Dragon or something like that. Okay. Oh, man. Right. So <laughs> it's first season. I, I, it might not even be dragon. It's it's something easily. It's it's something e- yeah, equally like, that's douchey. That's all you need to say, man. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I know these guys. Yeah, it's something <laughs> equally douchey, maybe, but it could be dragon. Anyway, what what happens is this really hardcore astrophysicist goes out there, and he's got some really good ideas to do experiments, and um, 
you know, like they set up all this surveillance and they have like a little headquarters and the guy works there all day and they run around, you know, reacting to different things that happen on a ranch. But again, it's a TV show, right? So you don't really know what you're watching, whether it's real or not like that. Yeah. Nothing like that. You don't know what you're, what you're getting. Right. So, but basically the guy runs around, he's, he seems legit. Um, and one of the things the guy wants to do is dig on the ranch and they tell him a story about one of the maintenance men who did some digging on the ranch and had like wound up in the hospital with injuries that were consistent with being exposed to radiation. Like this was serious shit. Like this guy was laid up for quite some time and it was touch and go as to whether this dude was going to make it. And, you know, literally all he did was like dig a ditch and, you know, on, yeah, on site. Right. So when you talk about Skinwalker Ranch, lots, lots of bring lots of grains of salt with you. Right. But the show is kind of interesting, but there's, you know, you got this guy running around that says his, his name is dragon. And in, in, like it always is with those type of guys he does not look like he could hold his weight in a bar fight you know yeah and he's just he's right and he's always butting heads with the astrophysicist and the astrophysicist is like this blonde haired guy it's a decent show you know like it's not my first choice it's okay um but that's interesting that they saw a saucer shape uh craft yeah like classic saucer shape which uh man like I I think probably I have a soft spot for as far as like nostalgia right. purposes. Yeah, but but there's a lot of sightings in that area. Period. Let alone Skinwalker Ranch. That area of Utah is just a real hot hot spot. Like when when Corbell did his uh, Skinwalker Ranch documentary, they had a great witness on um, who was a I think he was a tribal policeman or he worked for the tribe in some aspect. And talked about coming outside and seeing a saucer-shaped craft, like literally like thirty feet above, like their public works building. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and about how clear it was, and he was looking at it, and somebody else came out and stood with him and saw it. So we had like dual witnesses. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on there, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it all has it has anything to do with Skinwalker Ranch. You know, that's it. Yeah. But that's I mean, interesting it's, it's that it comes out. Areas. Yeah, it's interesting that it came out. It's you know one of those stories that just recently came out too. That was in the last few weeks. Yeah, that was uh that was recently. That was within the past two. Oh, okay, okay. Was that uh, all you had, or did you have more? Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. It's okay. just uh, basically watched this. USS Kid Russell and Peralta thing unfold. Well, that's enough, and you know yeah. all the updates with that. <laughs> I mean, that's wild stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah, I I got a story here. It's um, uh, interesting. Uh, pilot heading commercial pilot heading from Cincinnati to Phoenix, and he's over in New Mexico. And uh, this happened on Sunday, so literally just this Sunday, right? And the story came out on Monday. And there was a, there's a blog, um, that's an aviation blog. It's like, uh, deep black horizon. That's what it's called. Yeah. Deep black horizon. There's an older guy that runs the blog. His name's like Steve. I think it's Steve Douglas or something along those lines. He just happened to be listening on the scanners and caught, um, this audio 
from this pilot who said he saw um, a strange object in broad daylight over New Mexico. Uh, now, the only way he could have saw this is if it was something that was heading head on with him. So again, this is something that's coming like the, this is coming right at him, and it changed uh, altitude to fly above him, and they were able to visually see this thing, but it was not on the radar, and he described it as a quote cruise missile type thing unquote. Okay, so this Steve Douglas has this audio, so I'm going to play it now briefly. It's just a few seconds long, but. This is the audio uh, actually from the pilot. So let me crank this up. Play it. have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. That, I hate to say it, this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us. Yeah. So, I mean, he basically says there it was like a, a long cylindrical object. It looked like a cruise missile type thing, and it flew directly right above us and just kept going at a really incredible rate of speed. And this is over New Mexico, and nobody on the ground can see what he's talking about. It doesn't come up on his plane radar. And the reporter said something dumb in the course of the news broadcast that I talked to you about a little bit. Uh, he said that... Uh, it can't be a military target because the military has off on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought the, you would find that funny. The military doesn't have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this TV reporter says, yeah, it can't be a military. So, you know, but they did call uh, local military uh, bases and they said, now we don't have anything up in the air right now. And I can't really see them test. They could be testing a cruise missile, I guess. But that was just literally on Monday. So I don't know, man. It yeah, just seems wild, to me wild. like this stuff is just getting more brazen. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there have been reports of, like, the, the cruise missile type craft that uh, a lot of actually fighters are uh, fighters are actually describing these things the best. And, I mean, I feel like they would know them, right. what a cruise missile looks like, you know. But uh, there have been definitely reports of that type of object uh, a lot in recent years, especially if you go on uh, basically the uh, aviation safety reporting website where pilots and controllers file like hazardous reports or hazreps. Right. Um, that that type of thing is described uh, super often, man. But usually over like. Uh, over the ocean is, is I think where they're commonly reported usually like over uh, test sites or ranges. So which would, which would make sense, but uh, man, for this guy to see it or, or to say that it, you know, overflew the aircraft, like you said, man, it would have to be converging. It would have to be coming towards them. And then yeah, you can't see it from the side or behind him. Right. He can't see it from the side yeah. or behind him from the cockpit. He has to be, you know, very limited sight lines there. It had to be coming from the front of him and converging onto each other. I have a chart here um, that I pulled up for the second half of the show. But um, interestingly enough, this, this chart takes all the MUFON reports and all the other national UFO reporting reports, um, 
you know, I know the MUFON reports are usually investigated. I don't think the ones that come from the National UFO Reporting Center are followed up on and investigated. But basically what this guy did is he took them and he broke them down into um, the shapes that they were reported to have. So this is, you know, I don't know how long MUFON's been keeping data, you know, but I would think this would be since the 50s, right? So we're, we're looking here at 75 years worth of data. And uh, it's called raw UFO shapes. And there's two on here, bullet and bullet missile, bullet slash missile. And hmm. that bullet slash missile has been reported 825 times. Wow. Over the course of, yeah. And in cylindrical objects have been reported 2,883 times. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking here at the rest of the chart, and that's, you know, there are a lot of other um, shapes, raw shapes that are reported that are way, way above that, you know, uh, 2,000 threshold. But that's pretty significant that the bullet missile and the cigar shape are up there, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, it's cigar. There's also cigar here. So we got cigar, cylinder. Bullet missile. Bullet missiles, 825. Uh, uh, 10 reports were asked if it was a it was a missile, and they said, no, it was absolutely a bullet. So that's 10 times that's happened. Uh, cigar shape is, yeah, right? How does somebody see it that close that they know that? Maybe they actually did see a bullet. Right. Cigar shape, 3,146 times, and cylindrical object, 2,883 times. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's pretty compelling, man. Yeah, yeah, there are a ton of other ones on here that are a lot lower than that. Like, not very often does a blimp get reported as a UFO, but it does happen, and that's only been done 597 times. And we'll get into this chart a little bit more. But, yeah, this is a pretty crazy sighting, man. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and especially I'm for... Just, uh... What happens is when this... to. To my knowledge here, what happens, because I, I sent my brother-in-law an email. My brother-in-law is a pilot from Northwest Airlines. And he told me that if you do something like this over the radio, that li literally when you hit the ground, man, the FAA are waiting for you at the gate. And they debrief you. So, like, you've got to go through all that. So you may miss, you know, your connect your next flight, you know, or a return flight. So when yeah, you go I out, see that controller got grilled. Yeah. So when you go out over over the airwaves like this, and that's why the guy said, you know, oh, I hate to say this, but that compelled him that he knew all that going in. He knew he was going to get have to talk to the FAA, get debriefed, all that other good stuff, and he still decided to say this. He must have felt that that cylindrical object was a threat to planes behind him. Yeah, and you know. If you're not if you're not watching out for the safety of other aircraft as a pilot yourself, then like I can see why so many pilots just don't say anything, right? You know, right? But uh, I think when you're when you know you take into account the safety of your other pilot, Shay, you're going to say something because you want to look out for them too. Exactly. But uh, yeah, just as an air traffic controller, man, one of the most important things we do, man, is to separate the aircraft. So when you have two converging targets. We have to issue a traffic call and like initiate like merging target procedures. So if if that controller had seen two targets merging, whether like from the tower or 
on the radar, like you're going to hear alarm. You're literally going to hear audible alarms going off. You're going to see the targets flashing on the stars. The stars, the stars is the radar, but, uh, there's, it's, it's literally one of the most important things we do. And that's the issue like that traffic call. So we would tell, you know, that aircraft like, Hey, traffic 12 o'clock, less than a quarter mile closing, converging altitude and type unknown. So that aircraft would be aware of it. So what we try to tell him to do is the first thing we give him is like the clock position. So he knows to look to his, uh, if we say 12 o'clock it's look dead in front of you. If we say like, you know, one o'clock, that would be a heading to your right. So it's just basically the clock position relative to the aircraft's heading. Right. So that's the first thing we give him. Then we try to give him the distance. So now he knows where to turn his head. Now he knows how far it is and which direction it's going. So it, it may not be a conversion target. <clears throat> it could be somebody in trailer, the same heading as him. But so you could say, you know, northbound or converging. Right. Um, in trail. And then we give them the altitude and the type if known. And a lot of times, uh, we'll get ghost targets and have to give radar calls on them regardless. So it, it's, it's, uh, something we have to do. And it's one of the most important things we do as controllers. So if he didn't get anything from that controller, that controller definitely didn't see anything on his radar. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Some- that's, some uh, strange, yeah. Some pretty amazing audio, man. Some some pretty amazing stories. A lot of uh, weird stuff going on. Um, definitely had to take this opportunity to talk about it and get everybody caught up on the UFO news uh, that was jammed into the last two or three weeks. And you know, it's all building towards this uh, report that's going to be coming out pretty soon. So I definitely want to include it. And you know me. I mean, I. I do not want this to become a, a whole UFO podcast, but that's just what's going on right now, and I think it's really important for us to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Have any listeners know of any other stories? Absolutely. Uh, please hit us up. Yeah, I mean, if um, you guys are... are you, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com. I mean, if you guys are, uh, you know, seeing stuff out there too, man, we'd love to hear about it. If you've got other uh, sources um, that are telling you stuff that's going on, that's great. There's also uh, a lot of people... You know, I, I I talk to G a lot, but I I have some other military sources that I talk to on a occasion, and there's also a lot of equipment moving around like right now lately for whatever reason. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff getting moved around, so who knows? You know, maybe something bigger is going to happen. But yeah, this report's coming out. Definitely want to talk about it and get that in there. I, me, I'm a ghost man. I like my ghosts. <laughs> yeah same same here i like Actually, my ghosts like, my bigfoot my stuff but right yeah. now it's ufos we it's tough to get away from yeah. folks so i like all the strangeness but i, I do have a feeling <laughs> it's going to be a ufo summer a ufo summer indeed and i'd like to thank g for his expertise it's great to have him on the show and talking about this stuff uh he deals with uh air traffic all the time and he's a great resource on this and we're lucky to have him uh, we recorded this show probably about a month ago, and I'm going to be releasing it today. Today is the day that the government report came out on UFOs, um, but the New York Times published a copy of it about two weeks ago. And uh, shockingly, um, the government's kind of putting its hands up in the air and saying, you know, hey, we, we can't rule, we can't say they're aliens, and we can't rule it out. So laugh my 
ass off at the people on UFO Twitter who thought uh, disclosure was on the way. Um, like we've always said, <laughs> uh, you will be the last to know. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll keep chipping away at it. Uh, it's definitely a subject that uh, we need to cover here on the show. Uh, I think we've done enough of it lately um, because there's been so much chatter and so many revelations almost on a daily basis. And uh, I think the the big guys in the industry, uh, you know, are going to have to, the George Knapps of the world uh, and those fellas are going to have to just keep pushing and maybe something irrefutable will come out and, the government will have to come clean. Uh, but for now, uh, we're still up in the air about it. And uh, we'll see how it pans out. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time.